WJFFRadio.com and from listener donations at WJFFRadio.org. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Calicoon Theater, an updated vintage movie theater with new releases, film festivals, nostalgic screenings, live music events, and more. Information and schedule at thecalicoontheater.com. This week, the media engage in wishful thinking that the vaccine will be an instant fix or that the president will be charged with a crime. Yeah, I mean, one of the assumptions is that there is a criminal case. It's just which one and where do you find it? On this week's On the Media from WNYC. Saturday afternoon at 4 on Radio Catskill. Good morning. Welcome to Catskill Character. I'm your host, Donna Fellenberg. I'm continuing with a series of conversations with people here in the Catskills about how COVID has impacted their lives and their livelihoods. My guest today is Franklin Trapp, owner and producing artistic director of the Forestburg Playhouse, the oldest continuously operating summer theater in New York. Franklin has plenty to say about how he has had to think outside the box to keep this soon-to-be 75-year-old institution a viable, functioning theater for its more than 600 subscribers. In the first half of the show, Franklin's going to tell us a bit about himself and how, during pre-COVID times, a theater like the Forestburg Playhouse normally functions. You're tuned to WJFF Radio Catskill. I'm Donna Fellenberg, and this is my conversation with Franklin Trapp. Thanks, Donna. Excited to be here with you. You know, we're, we're entering a second phase of the virus, and it's pretty exhausting. So let me start by asking, how are you doing? Well, uh, thank you. Um, I'm, you know, very fortunately, uh, my family, myself, we're all, you know, safe and healthy and, uh, and, and doing quite well. And, and I will say that living in the Catskills uh, in the country has definitely made coping with this pandemic easier, having all the wonderful great outdoors surrounding us. So thank you for asking. We're doing, we're doing good. You know, we're, we're facing challenges like everybody. Yeah. I totally agree with you about the outdoors and being in the Catskills. You couldn't be in a better place during this. So let me just say you grew up near Cincinnati, Ohio, and you started performing in community theater at an early age, right? Yes. I think I was 11 when I when I first performed uh, with Kettering Theater Under the Stars. I auditioned for The Sound of Music, and I was cast as one of the Von Trapp kids, uh, Friedrich, and so that was my first show, uh, and that was the beginning of it all. <laughs> so did you then, like, go on into high school, and you were in all the plays? Yeah, I uh, I did some more community theater productions, and then in high school, I kind of took a hiatus until uh, the latter half of high school, and then I started performing again in musicals and plays, and uh, and then went on to college and also uh, performed in college as well. I was surprised when you told me that when you did go to Vanderbilt University, you majored in Spanish and minored in theater. 
Yeah, um, you know, I've had I've had many things that I have loved and and wanted to explore in my life, and uh, foreign languages, especially Spanish, uh, was was really important to me. My my grandmother is was from Mexico, and um, for whatever reason, I I connected with foreign languages, so I loved majoring in Spanish, and of course, I always loved the theater. But uh, you know, my first my first passion at that time was you know Spanish language and literature and culture. And so I had a wonderful time studying that. Mm. So when you graduated, you decided you were going to go to New York and you were going to pursue the life of a working actor. How did that work out for you? You know, um, for, for, for almost every working actor, it was, of course, uh, a challenge. Um, but I was fortunate enough, lucky enough to to land some some wonderful acting jobs. And, um, I had the opportunity to tour the country in a national tour, uh, work at some really great regional theaters. Um, and of course, uh, it's a wonderful summer theater experience for four summers at the Forestburg Playhouse. Uh, so I, I, I did have a nice career for the six years I was, was in it. Now, of course, I also had to do all the things most working actors have to do, like wait tables and bartend and um, side jobs. But uh, it was an amazing time of my life. You were a bartender and you were. <laughs> yes. Wait, so you knew how to, how to organize those people and manage them. But then after all that time in New York City spent as a working actor, your career took a surprising turn, didn't it? Yeah, I think um, when I think about it, it's, it sounds surprising, but it, it made a lot of sense at the time. I decided to, uh, to leave, leave the business uh, and uh, go to law school and study to be, to be an attorney. And then I practiced law after that. And, you know, one of the things that was a great transition for me was that, um, you know, to be a good, to be a good attorney, especially in, in the courtroom, you have to become comfortable in your own skin and you have to be good at saying things in front of people or just communicating. And so it was a, a great transition in that sense, uh, incredibly challenging intellectually, but also, you know, it was, it was nice to also get paid <laughs> oh, yeah. and, have, and have consistent work. So I think you told me first you were a corporate lawyer and you became kind of disillusioned with that and you went into what what was it that you went into after that well i mean i was uh i was basically a corporate lawyer the whole time i just oh, worked okay. for, for i first started uh working for a very large very large global law firm you know thousands of people across the world working for this this firm uh and you know i think i i i didn't think that there was much room to grow professionally on that size of an organization. So I, I moved on to a smaller law firm. Uh, and then ultimately that I, I realized, although I, you know, love the people I work with and I enjoyed the work I did, I realized that I, for the rest of my life, I would be billing hours and counting the hours. And, and I didn't see that as a, as, as fulfilling for me personally, I think being an, an attorney can be an amazing profession and I, and I don't regret one minute of it, but I, I think I was realizing, you know, over time that it probably shouldn't be my life path. Even though you practice law for six years, someone reached out to you in 2014 with an idea that literally changed your life. And it sounds like it was a very timely thing. 
Well, it's, you know, it's funny because uh, Norman Duttweiler, who was the former uh, producer of The Playhouse, uh, who I had worked for as an actor, actually in 2013 reached out to me a first time and said, hey, I'm looking to sell The Playhouse and move on to retirement. Would this interest you? And and I said in 2013, I said, absolutely not. I, I like my life. Oh. I'm good to go. But uh, a year passed and, you know, I was having my own personal revelations and things and he reached out again and um and what he was talking about made a lot more sense and and generated a lot of excitement in me that maybe i did have a path to own a business and develop a business and a business that's very important to me and to the community and to so many artists i so i did it did that was a big moment and uh, a big leap of faith and and here i am today yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's so interesting how your life and all that you had done prior to 2014 just kind of ideally prepared you to become the owner and producing artistic director of the Playhouse. Before we take a break, I'd love for you to tell us how the work of running a summer theater shakes out in a normal non-COVID time. It, it doesn't all happen over the summer. Yeah, exactly. Um, so our season essentially uh, begins in May and ends at the end of October, um, of course, with, you know, academic or arts education programs running year round. But in order to prepare for that, that season, the minute even when while the season's occurring, uh, we are starting to prepare for the next summer. So for over over the months uh, prior, we have to staff you know, 60 to 75 people that would work a full season for us. We have to, um, we have to cast the, the seven main stage productions we're doing and a resident company of actors. And, uh, in addition to that, we also have to be marketing ourselves, fundraising, and then of course, you know, keeping the, keeping the accounts in order. And so everything is scheduled out within an inch of its life over the course of a year in order to prepare for, for the shows. Um, Preparations for all of the shows have to happen months in advance uh, with the directors and designers and creative teams. So there is a lot of different things happening at once, overlapping and, uh, hope, you know, making it all happen by the time we uh, our first em- you know, employees arrive and our first show opens. So it's uh, it's an intense uh, process. And then when we open, we are rehearsing, working uh, having shows all day late into the night. So the, the summer is definitely an intense time too. So it's a, it's quite an operation. There's a lot more that goes into it than I think most people know, which, which is fine. We want them to come enjoy the shows and walk away happy. They don't need to know that we were, you know, a lot of what we had to do to get it up there, but um, there's a lot. We do our casting, well, several kinds of casting. We we cast uh, in New York City primarily. Um, we hire equity actors who are uh, union actors that whenever you see somebody on Broadway or on a tour, they're typically an equity actor. So we have equity auditions in the city. We also cast uh, a resident company of uh, college-age performers who serve as our ensemble and featured roles, and they perform in cabarets and kids' shows and I'll go to several conservatories and audition there um, as well as in the city and uh, and then in addition we also cast locally we cast a lot of young artists and and also uh, local talent from our our own Sullivan Catskills so we hold auditions there it's about 
two to three months of of nonstop casting in order to to get our entire season put together. Do you know if any of the people from the local area have gone on to do exactly what you did, go into New York and live the life of a working actor? There's a few stories that I can, you know, that I can remember actually one uh, young guy I I worked with uh, when he was a kid at the Playhouse and he stayed at the Playhouse through high school and then went on to do a Broadway tour of the Book of Mormon and work very consistently. Um, So he's had a great career. Another uh, young woman who was, again, a kid when I was there, uh, went on to have a performing career in country music. Uh, oh, doing, wow. doing, you know, performing with the greats and now um, has her own albums coming out and things like that. So there's a lot of and of course, there's a lot of the the people who were cast that came to the Playhouse that you can see on Broadway, you can see on TV and movies. So there's there's a great alumni network out there that's doing exciting things. It must give you such a great feeling. And I know you to do all this work, you must still really, really be passionate about it and love it. Well, it's uh, one of the most wonderful parts of it is is developing artists. And um, a lot of our artists are, you know, in the beginning of their careers. And the Playhouse is in many ways uh, a place for them to come cut their teeth, do amazing work, a lot of it. And they work very hard. And then they can go out into the, the industry really seasoned and ready to go. And the examples of success stories in and out of the theater industry is there's a ton of them and it's really neat to see. Thank you for breaking that down for us. I hope people have a better understanding of what it takes to run a place like the Forestburg. But let's take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk about how COVID-19 changed all of that and what your response has been. Okay. You're listening to Catskill Character and WJFF Radio Catskill. I'm your host, Donna Fellenberg, with my guest today, Franklin Trapp, owner and producing artistic director of the Forestburg Playhouse in Forestburg, New York. We'll be right back after the short break. Rare Pair Radio Show. I just want to wish you and yours a rockin' solstice. It's been a crazy year. Hope you and yours made it through okay. Here's to 2021 from all of us here at Radio Catskill. Thanks for listening. Have a safe and festive holiday season. And a happy new year. This is WJFF Jeffersonville and W233AH Monticello. You may have heard me speak about resilience. 
Well, here's another example of why it's so important. Let's get back to my conversation with Franklin Trapp. Franklin, we haven't even mentioned the Forestburg Tavern. Was that part of the package when you bought the Playhouse? Oh, yeah. The Forestburg Tavern is uh, is part of this, the same property and uh, is is an amazing you know addition to what, what the Playhouse offers. The Tavern is a full restaurant and bar, but uh, more than that, it's a, it's a performance venue. We have a, a wonderful cabaret stage there. We do cabaret performances, comedy, bands, um, weddings. We uh, put on small musicals and shows in the tavern. It's just a really cool spot. We also have outdoor space in a, in a great patio leading right off of the tavern. So it's a, it's a neat addition. Also, the company, when we are in a, in a normal season, the whole company eats their meals together in the tavern. So it becomes a really important communal place for all the artists and staff. Okay, so you, you've got the playhouse and the tavern chugging along like a well-oiled machine. You've got over 600 subscribers every season, not to mention the non-subscribers that are coming to the five musicals, the two plays, the cabaret, the children's theater. You're doing great. Why don't you take it from here and tell the listener what happened back in March of 2019? So uh, back in back in March, uh, you know, this past March, it seems like a year ago, but March 2020, it was 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 not that long ago. Uh, We had just finished in the first week of March. We had just finished casting our entire season. The staff was completely staffed. And that's about, you know, 60 to 75 people plus, you know, almost 100 different actors that are going to come to us. And so around March 8th, we were done. And uh, just a week later, uh, Broadway shut down, the world shut down, and the pandemic was in full force. And we were left wondering what what kind of timeline this would be, what what was happening. So, like everybody, I think we just had to sit and watch and and wait and see where the world was moving. And and so then began what what became sort of a a process in order to preserve and save the Forestburg Playhouse. And, you know, there are multiple components to it. First, we had to stop and think, what are we going to do? What is what can we possibly do? And there was no really good answer, especially in April, you know, mid-April. So we had to do what every other theater in our country basically had to do. We had to cancel our, our season. And one would think that canceling is something you can do fairly quickly, but uh, canceling takes a lot more work than it does to put up a season, I think. Really? We, you have to craft your messaging so that you don't frighten your patrons, so that you make sure that you that you show them your confidence in the future. And uh, most importantly, you want to make sure that they're okay, because our health and safety come first. In addition to canceling the season, we had to also let go all of those staff members and all of those actors and artists that that were planning on coming to to make some money and, and do some shows with us that next summer. So that that also was a an important process to make sure we took care of them as best as we could in terms of communicating with them and being honest. Then we had to engage in an incredibly intricate process with our subscribers. So we have over 600 subscriptions, which accounts for almost 1300 people. 
And um, we communicated with each and every one of those subscribers individually through phone calls, emails, letters in order to uh, handle their subscriptions and, and see what choices they wanted to make. I think we did right by our subscribers and we did our very best um, to take care of them and be with as much integrity and, and honor as they deserve because they've supported us for 74 years. That was another part of the process. Then, and all of this, this didn't happen one, two, three, four. A lot of these are overlapping activities, right? We then had to think about preservation, preservation and, and viability and vitality. And in order to do that, there were a couple things we had to do. We had to make sure we were taking advantage of any and all government relief options that were available to us. And uh, fortunately, we were able to jump quickly and uh, obtain PPP money and disaster relief monies uh, in order to keep the lights on, in order to pay the monthly things that you have to do to keep a business operational. We were very grateful and lucky, and we understand how lucky we are. And then also we had to reach out to our patrons, to our friends, to um, our community to raise funds to preserve this uh, wonderful institution that's been giving back to the community for so long. So we created a fundraising campaign called 75 and Thrive with our eyes on 2021, which is going to be our 75th anniversary. And I will say that the support and uh, the love and the gifts that we have received has been nothing short of overwhelming and helpful to the Playhouse. It continues and we still need that support, but we do not forget the sacrifices people have made to help us achieve our, our goals. So with all of those things swirling in the midst, we then were able to start thinking, can we reboot our season? Is there a way to give our patrons entertainment to show them that we are working hard to continue. And as you know, as we're getting through April and to May, we're starting, you know, to to realize that we have an asset that we have to take advantage of. And that asset is we have the great outdoors. We have our beautiful gardens and lawns and um, we have the ability to create safe programming for our audiences. So we then created what we what we called Forestburg Under the Stars. And with a lot of safety guidelines in place, with a lot of measures and protocols for staff, for patrons, for artists, uh, we created an entire series, a nine-week series of outdoor concerts performed by broad. Broadway stars, Tony Award winners and, and nominees, cabaret stars, and also some wildly talented artists from our own Sullivan Catskills. So we created an amazing series of performances and and all safely curated. So that was uh, something where we will always be really proud of. And our audiences were just thrilled to see something, to be somewhere and to experience something. Uh, we created a slogan for the series that we put on our T-shirts and it said socially distanced, but closer than ever. And truly through, you know, the power of music and song and entertainment, our audiences who were all in distance from each other with masks, uh, I think they felt united for an hour each night while we had those performances. So that was really exciting. And of course, you know, I should backtrack a little bit. Before we launched the outdoor series, we also provided 
like everyone, we had to become online savvy. And so we we created uh, free online arts education programming uh, that anybody could take advantage of. We uh, put on virtual cabaret performances for our patrons so that they could uh, see alumni performers they had grown to know and enjoy performances. And all of those things led up to our outdoor series, as well as in-person and outdoor uh, arts education programs, which was was really awesome. And, and in addition to that, uh, don't forget about the tavern. Uh, the Forestburg Tavern, like many restaurants, entered into the world of takeout. And so we created uh, tavern takeout family style meals and also the tavern uh, provided food and cocktails and nibbles for our audience members at the Under the Stars event. So every everything was working and operating and, um, you know, really, really proud of what we learned because we discovered a lot of new things about ourselves in the process of figuring out that portion of 2020. <laughs> you know, and as I'm listening, I'm thinking the person at the helm of, of a Forestburg Playhouse has to be resilient. Do you see yourself that way? I, you know, I think um, I'm human, like, like everybody else with, with ups and downs, but I feel like the motto that I tried to, and I'm not trying to praise myself. I'm very proud of what I accomplished, but I was surrounded by some amazing uh, advisors and um, friends and family that, that provided great advice and people to talk to and, and collaborate with. Uh, but the motto that I've shared with people is I said, how we get through this is going to define who we are for the rest of our lives or for years to come. And so I didn't want to wallow in the difficulty of it all. It was, we thought, you know what, we have to provide a face that's, that's tough, happy, and motivated. And so I would say I'm resilient. I would say I've grown more resilient as a result of this. So yeah, I think if I wasn't resilient before, I definitely am much more now. (laughs) Fantastic. It it sounds like you and the Playhouse are going to be around for a long time to come. You better believe it. (laughs) I want to thank you so much for taking the time out, especially now that I know what your days are like, taking the time out to join me today. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for taking the time to include me in this. It's exciting. Absolutely. You've been listening to Catskill Character. I'm Donna Fellenberg, and my guest today has been Franklin Trapp, producing artistic director of the Forestburg Playhouse. The website for the Forestburg Playhouse is fbplayhouse.org. Catskill Character is on every Saturday at 1130, right after Farming Country and before the Janice Adams Show. Greg Triggs, Travel with Triggs, is on the last Saturday of the month in this time slot. Thank you so much for joining me today, and thank you for being a loyal supporter of WJFF.
Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Calicoon Theater, an updated vintage movie theater with new releases, film festivals, nostalgic screenings, live music events, and more. Information and schedule at thecalicoontheater.com. Support for WJFF comes from Two Queens, offering coffee, tea, and bees. Located in Pete's Plaza, Narrowsburg, New York. TwoQueensCoffee.com. And from listener donations at WJFFRadio.org. Hi, it's Francis Lamb. This week, it's how they feast in the country of Georgia. It's a buffet on steroids with singing and toasting and dozens of plates of food all stacked up. And then we have a story about an invitation that may bring a tear to your eye. That's The Splendid Table, the show for curious cooks and eaters from APM. Sunday at noon on Radio Catskill. Hello, I'm James David Jacobs. Please join me, Hank Isnetsky, and Itzhak Perlman for some songs and stories for the holidays. Eternal Echoes for Hanukkah. You can hear this special Saturday evening at 6. See all of our upcoming holiday specials at WJFFRadio.org. Support comes from the Homestead School, Lens Bay, New York. Montessori education and life skills for preschool through 8th grade on an 85-acre campus with farm animals. Award-winning solar-powered alternative since 1978. Homesteadschool.com Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Neversink General Store. Featuring an award-winning chef, smoked barbecue year-round, local products and catering. Now offering takeout. NeversinkGeneralStore.com And from listeners like you. WJFF Jeffersonville, W234 